Now, I, Calvin, am already um, feeling the tears in my eyes welling up for this next guest, um, you know, after that amazing interview with Richard Hirschman, you know, that just that real pure um, masculinity and that just that real care and protection that you you were both showing, you know, that R- Richard was very, uh, he was subdued in our last interview. He's really feeling it now. Um, you know, in this next interview is with Barry Duffield. He is, of course, um, an actor, and many of you will know him from Spartacus. And of course, um, Sparta, you know, representing that real, true warrior masculinity. Um, and unfortunately, Barry is one of the ones that has had a negative outcome from taking this um, jab. So, Barry, we really commend you for coming on the show. We know it's not easy, but, um, you know, you stepping up and, and lending your voice to this really important story of baby Will is, is just, we take our hats off to you. So thank you so much for coming on. You're so welcome. And it's not easy, but so it has to be done. Where, where do you want to start with your story? Um, I mean, this is just an introduction to your story. We are going to play Samantha Edwards's long format interview with you later in the week. Um, but where would you like to bring people in? I guess for me, it was the 17th of September when life changed for me completely. Um, I got the second jab within 12 hours of that. I was within like five to six weeks of chronic fatigue syndrome, heart palpitations, couldn't walk up and down my driveway. I'm a guy that's a six-day-a-week trainer. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a real gym bunny. Um, I ended up in hospital for the next 14 months in and out um, with things that were just so random. Uh, with the heart palpitations, it took four months to get an appointment to see a cardiologist. And then since I got to see the cardiologist, I was put straight into a hospital ward and given every um, cardiac test that's known to mankind. Um, everything in it that they came back at me with was, um, you have done this to yourself. And none of this would fit the symptoms that I gave them. So uh, my time in hospital for that week was quite irate. It was just a bounce back between me and the, the cardiologist um, to the point where they gave me another cardiologist. When I finally got out of hospital after that, uh, I still suffered all these symptoms. Um, you know, I mean, if you want to go to the horrifics of it, it was um, I had gag block reflex, uh, blocked gag reflex where I couldn't pass wind. It would just blow up like a balloon and I'd be crippled by it. I couldn't move out of my seat, heart palpitations. I couldn't go up and down my driveway. I couldn't even go shopping with my wife. Um it, it was fluid in my legs. It was it was horrendous. And even with all of those symptoms, it took four months for me to get into the system. Um, when I finally did get into the system, as I said, I went through that week with the cardiologist. And then um, a couple of months after that, I ended back in for kidneys. I've never had a medical problem before in my life. It's just been one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And I started peeing blood. Um, there was no particular reason for that to happen. And, and it was uh, a lot of running around with people saying, this is un, un, uncommon. This is not normal. Um, what you're, so no explanation. And supposedly to have a scan to find out what it was, it never happened. And I was thrown out of that hospital the same night so quickly, my feet didn't touch the ground, um, with one doctor who was particularly loud in saying that people like me lie. Wow. <laughs> For whatever reason, I have no idea. Um, now it's it's the tremors that I've still stuck with. I had I'd had an injury before we had the lockdowns and before I'd had the shot. So I'd had a hand injury from riding motocross, and I thought that the twitches I was getting were just something from that. They ended up being a whole lot more, and now I, I can't stop that. So it just it's night and day, and it seems to be attached to my um it seems to be attached to my emotional status. So um 
I had that looked at. And the very, very first thing that the neurologist said was, well, this is Parkinson's disease. Since then, they've changed their mind to it's Parkinson's, to it's not Parkinson's. I know where it started, but they don't want to hear that. Um, what they did was they put me on a Parkinson's drug after that. And the Parkinson's drug was a thing called Cinemet. Now, they explained to my wife and I that Cinemet was one of those drugs that had the least bad side effects. There was another drug I could have gone on that would have had much worse side effects. So they put me onto the Cinemet. Now, I can tell you that if there's a worse drug than Cinemet, then God help whoever is on it. Because what they didn't tell me was that Cinemet would give you um, anxiety, depression, hallucinations, and suicidal thoughts. Now, bearing that in mind, I got the full dose on that. And bearing in mind that that's a drug they put me on to fix me up for what they'd already done to me with the vaccine. Uh, I went home after getting it up to full dose one day went up to my bedroom after talking to my wife and said, I just didn't want to talk to you. I was just so, so lost and not knowing who I was. And I went upstairs and I took a cinema and two sleeping tablets. And then I thought, I'll just sleep off this mood that I'm in. And I woke up in ICU about 14 hours later, having committed, tried to commit suicide. And, uh, taking every sleeping tablet in my house and then tried to hang myself. So uh, that's pretty much in a nutshell how my story's gone so far and it's not over, not by a long shot. So so from a once domineering status of manhood, of real masculinity, to being reduced to a shadow of your former self and then a reluctance by anyone in the medical profession to want to acknowledge you and least of all investigate to see what's wrong. That has got to be probably one of the hardest lessons about what you're up against that you, that anyone could ever, ever experience. It's 14 did, months of denial. Yeah. So how, how was, was there anyone was there anyone at all in all of that time that actually had a sympathetic bone in their body, but maybe were overruled or something? There's got to be something in there that gives a spark of hope that the system's not completely fought with corruption. For most, no, I'm going to say 100% of the nurses in the system were absolutely fantastic. And I have not got words harsh enough for every doctor that I ran across. Because every single one of those doctors was anti um, anti anything that I wanted to tell them. They just went off on their own tangent and decided that they'll find their own narrative. Yes. So no, I've got nothing to say nice about a doctor. Um, Barry, what what was your feeling? Um, you know, when you went and you were part of the team of five million, where were you at? When and what mindset were you at at the start at that point? Well, I've always taken vaccines. I mean, I'm, I've been vaccinated for everything. This one didn't quite ring true. And the percentage of 99 point something percent of survival rate, I thought I'd take my chances with it. I was dead against it. But if I hadn't had to travel for my job, um, I wouldn't have taken it. If I didn't have to have my job, per, uh, period, I wouldn't have taken it. Yeah, I've got something for that. See, Nothing well, stacked up right. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that there has been the trap. That has been the coercion. It's you either take this jab or you don't have a life, you will be removed from society, in other words, isolated and treated like a social pariah. 
and and it just astounds me that it continues because I know damn well that they would not have had any uptake of that jab should they have not have brought such coercive measures in and admi- and they've even admitted that they did it to drive up the rates. Someone on the back end is profiting greatly off the misery in this country and around the world, and that is all starting to come out. What I'll what lessons them say we won't mandate? And if, this yeah. is, if they're not, that's not mandating. I don't know what is. That's exactly what it is. I mean, we've got compilations of Jacinda Ardern and her hand waving gestures of and and fake grimacing and all that of of how the message adjustment from it's safe and effective all the way to no, we're not going to mandate anything like that. You know, and 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 uh, respect people's decisions not to wear masks and not to do this because they may have a reason for it. To you better bloody wear your mask. You better get jabbed. Otherwise, you're going to be isolated. This is where we came, and people forget it. They forget that we're actually under a tyrannical regime here. Have, have what, what words of wisdom have you got to anybody? Because what this is what I want. Sorry to like not ask a question just yet because this is important. I want the establishment to acknowledge that you've stuffed up, that you've caused carnage so we can actually get the medical fraternity wraparound services for these people that you have harmed and do your damnedest to actually bring them to recovery if we can. What, what, what would you like to say as a statement to them personally? Well, you know, my psychologist now says that I need to find forgiveness in my heart to be able to move forward, and I cannot find that. I'd like to send Jacinda back to the fish and chip shop. Yeah. And Barry, I mean, you know, such a um, a strong, burly man as, as yourself, you know, as you were saying, like fit, uh, never had any health problems, you know, a gym bunny. And, 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 a, and your second prick did this to you. I mean, what, what could go wrong with a baby taking the blood of people that have this stuff inside them. What what do you think? I think that the parents' rights should be upheld. I need to clarify something with you guys too. When I say that I went to I ended up in the hospital after committing suicide, I have zero, zero memory of this. So I don't remember it until I woke up in the hospital and my wife showed me a photograph of this is you. They took my right away and, and they're taking away baby Will's right. This is what it should have been from the very beginning. We all should have had the right to decide whether we wanted to take that drug or not. And with the survival rate that whether it was at 99 point something percent, I mean, if they were gambling odds, I'd be I'd be hooking in straight away and throwing my everything into it. Yeah. And that, that's the concerning part. There is a lot more um, associated outcomes from this jab. Like you say, memory issues. Um the it's it's changing people's personalities it's creating aggression and others it's completely making them so they just don't want to do anything it's i think man, i mean i, I the, just really don't know what to say i'm flabbergasted it, it is like it does take the words out of your mouth calvin and i think um barry you know we have to commend you for your bravery to to have this conversation publicly because this is the conversation that people like mike king have been wanting to have for a long, long time, that the, the rates of um, suicide in this country are just through the roof. And the statistics are not being discussed and they are being um, hidden under accidental deaths. So, you know, for you to come on and talk about this really sensitive topic is so brave. Have you got any words of um, 
advice or any words of courage or, or love and compassion for people who may be feeling um, suicidal for any reason, not necessarily just because they may have um, taken the jab? Yeah, mine was drug-induced, and it, it's certainly changed my view on, on people who commit suicide. I wonder how many of them are out there who are chemically induced who don't realise it, and they just think they're insane and there's no way out other than taking their own lives, just get off the drugs, have a talk to someone, get a second opinion. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, we, we're, we're just so grateful that you've come on, Barry. Is there, is there anything else that you would like to add before we um, – play the the trailer for your upcoming um, interview with Samantha that we will release uh, later in the week. No, other than keep fighting, we have to just, we have to go after these people. Awesome. 100%. Thanks, Barry. Barry, Barry I'm just Thank listening. You. Could I, could I just say to you, you are an extraordinary man. And although it may feel this has all been for nothing, you are so valuable here because this testimony of yours will wake up Many people, perhaps even those doctors in Starship who are deciding on baby Will's fate, you know, you have given so much today and I have such respect, like Hannah and Kelvin, thank you. And I, I wanted to say Rob Martin had extraordinary results with the shaking from ozone therapy. So perhaps I can put you in touch with Rob and we can see if that might help you as well. Thank you, Liz. Right. Yeah, yes. there's lots of um, great therapies out there that are worth testing. So um, let's let's and we're going to be talking about some more of those actually, too. So um, so Barry, you'll be able to watch the replay if you can't catch these guys tonight. But we've got some natural health practitioners coming up with solutions. So um, we're going to play Barry's uh, trailer now for his interview with Samantha Edwards. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Barry. Today, I'll be talking with a man who is the picture of physical strength. A successful actor who played the part of Lugo in the Spartacus series. It's great, warrior! And Lugo follow! A man of outstanding health and physical fitness who also played the role of Les Foster on Shortland Street, as well as many other recognisable roles. Cheers. You're the doctor. He's a screenwriter, director, he'd started his own film company and had also become a published author. Uh, I don't know what your brothers told you, all right? But I didn't want to fight them and I don't want to fight you. In that case, you get Up until September 2021, it appeared that there was nothing that would ever hold this optimistic dynamo from continuing in his success. Until this happened. The actor who is familiar with the role of a fictional warrior now finds himself in the real life role of a warrior in a battle he wishes was fiction. Barry Duffield is far more than his professional achievements. 
In talking with him, I've learned that beyond these things, he's a beautiful soul and he's a survivor, and he wants to tell his story in case, as he says in his own words, his story might just help even one other person. And we're not going to play the whole lot for you now. You're going to have to stick around to have that whole thing played later on in the week. Gosh, when how, how are you feeling, Calvin? You had to get the tissues out there. Oh, no, it was just a bit dusty in here. Just a bit dusty here to uh, wipe the eyes a bit. You know, what dust does to you when it breaks you. Absolutely heartbreaking um, to just, you know, see anyone go <clears> through <throat> that, um, let alone someone that's, you know. Well, that could be us. It could be. Definitely. That's the thing, isn't it, Liz? Um, you know, Barry, we are Barry, Barry is us. We, Will, we are Will, Will is us. Um, just just really, what a what a really brave man for coming on and sharing that with us. Incredibly brave. And off air, he said that was hard. That was hard. And I think every Kiwi who's with Will was equally with Barry through that. And I, I, I just hope anybody who might have something you think might help Barry, Let's never give up hope that there, we could find a way back in a new New Zealand, a uh, way back to healing, healing modalities that may be yet to be discovered. I never give up hope in miracles. <laughs>